The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads. You've got the H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on those dirt trails and kick up some mud. Or the third-row seating gets your whole family in to experience the thrill together. The dual wireless charging pads make sure that no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead cell phone. Think about those adventurous activities you can do, like me taking a ski trip up with the family, maybe going on a camping expedition, anything and everything. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Gary Parrish, Sunday, April 3rd, 2022. Welcome back to the CBS Sports Ion College Basketball Podcast, where we sometimes discuss camel fighting dodo birds. And the great leaky black, Matt Norlander, is here with me. If you're watching live on YouTube, please smash the like button like you're Brandon Davies. You, you have consent. You've had it for years. And if you haven't subscribed to the YouTube channel yet, please knock that out while you're here. Okay, dead leg. National title game. It's set. It's going to be Kansas against North Carolina. Inside the Caesar Superdome here in New Orleans, tip schedule for 9.20 p.m. Eastern on Monday night. You're going to be able to watch it on TBS, and we'll get to that. Yeah, we. I was about to say, because we listen, I just finished up a pregame column, and I, GP and I have not consulted. I was like, is he really going into this title game matchup right now? We got other stuff to get to. We'll get to the basketball. Maybe. Probably. Certainly. But. We must start with Norlander's trending. Uh-huh. Guster is for lover sticker that went viral late Saturday because TBS <laughs> couldn't frame Mike Krzyzewski. Oh, my God. Without it also including a Guster is for lover sticker. It's quite, quite a scene. Uh, listen, Guster has been a fixture at the Final Four for years now, but you took it to a new level this weekend. I did not. <laughs> Explain what Mike happened. Krzyzewski. All right. So we will quickly. Uh, it has been a surreal. Don't don't say quickly. Don't don't make promises. We you can't. know what? This isn't going to be quick. We're going to stretch here. Okay. It's been a surreal 22 hours or so as we record this. Hello on YouTube. Again, hey, smash the like button. And thank you. Hey, you do. Thank you. You got us about 6,000. Uh, subscribers before the night of the title game. You're amazing. Love you all. And Paris and I have both been approached frequently here in New Orleans by fans of the podcast in the uh, the calm of the day and in, you know, maybe <laughs> maybe more looseness of the night. But I want to say one thing before I get into this Guster thing. I've probably been approached by, I don't know, seven or eight listeners here. All awesome people. Not making it socially awkward, saying how much they love the podcast. And we very, very, very much appreciate you. We've GP and I obviously have both been very, very busy. So I'm been happy that we've been able to say hi and say hello to our listeners who have been down here. It's been really, really cool. And uh, pretty much everyone I talked to said that, yeah, I subscribe to the YouTube channel. So that's really cool as well. I can't, uh, I cannot overstate how funny it is to me that literally every time I walk down the street, <laughs> Oh, God. I mean, it, without exception, 
somebody will walk up to me and say, GP, there's more of us. There's more of us than there are them. I said, I know they're hot. Just got to be careful. Like, you don't you don't want to necessarily say that too loudly, depending on where you are. Like, it might be misconstrued. Some people might think you're talking about something else. That's all I'm saying. I just, it, it's uh, like, whether I'm on set, I got people yelling it at me. But like, this afternoon, I'm genuinely just walking back from the set to my hotel. Just minding my own business. Got my bag over my shoulder and just minding my own business. GP, yeah, what's up? There's more of us. I know, brother. I know there is. I love you guys. I appreciate you. I've been telling you there's more. I knew there was more of us and and the and 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 the interactions this weekend have confirmed it. Yeah, it's been it's been wonderful here. And uh yes, if you happen to see GPRI, if you are a Kansas fan or Carolina fan, or, or maybe you're torturing yourself and you're a Duke or Nova fan, you're sticking around through Monday. Uh if you see us, say hello. Uh if we as long as I'm not running to be on HQ. <laughs> In like you know, 90 seconds, I uh, would love to just say, hey, and if you want a photo, by all means. Um, all right, the Guster deal. So this is not a new thing. And it's not like Guster's my only band. Right now, I'm rocking a Queen shirt right now. See? Shouts to Queen. Look at you. Look at you. There we go. Maybe, so maybe, you just... can get, maybe you can get some get Queen some long overdue attention. You know, it's been they really could use it. Um, all right, so... It's either 2014 or 2015, and I'm at the Final Four, and I've got uh, I've got a I've got a MacBook Air, like 95 percent of the other reporters that are at this covering this Final Four, and the more this goes on, the more I wish I knew the I don't know this gentleman who did this. Uh, he wasn't you know a national writer. I, he could have been someone covering locally, but I was getting food or something like that, and uh, I, I go back to where I was sitting at the at, at my table in the workroom. And I see this guy, you know, packing up the lap. I was on a table with like three MacBook Airs next to each other. This guy starts packing up the laptop. And I knew that's where I was sitting. And so I said, oh, hold on. I think that might be mine. And he said, yes. I was like, right, that's fine. It's fine. So I was like, that would have been a disaster if someone accidentally took my laptop. So I thought, you know what? This ain't never happening again. Because I guarantee you, if I throw a sticker on this bad boy that says Guster is for lovers, no one's taking this thing. So... Uh, since 2016, I've done this now occasionally. Yes. There's been the moment because, you know, uh, it might catch it a little bit here, a little bit there. There was a moment with Roy Williams and Frank Martin and, you know, go on through. It actually had not been the case since 2019 because we had a stupid pandemic, right? So dumbest pandemic. It had been a while. Now what happened here, the first game, by the way, this wasn't a huge deal. Kansas plays Villanova. Bill Self is up and about. He's moving about. That's the point. Mike Krzyzewski, 75 years old. And Nada, by the way, if you... I should have sent you this beforehand. If you have... There's a couple of screen grabs of this where the look on Krzyzewski's face with the sticker in the background is... is It's incredible. So, because he put his stool right in front of me, right in the sight line, it meant that it's Duke... It's Shashevsky. This could be his final game. Of course, they're going to go to his shot every 40 seconds. And so that every time they did it, it wasn't like this in the past. It was like occasional shot here, there, whatever. And shouts to Dave Warlock, by the way, who knows that I always bring this laptop and is like, no, you you do a good job. You should sit in the seat. And so I, he's, he is the, the best, man. He is the absolute best. He is Team Guster. So last night, I knew it was getting real. When one, the phone just starts really going off. And then, and then you're damn right. I'm about to name drop. 
And then the guys in Guster start indicating, oh, it's it's getting Norlander. This is getting really real. And it got so wild at a certain point. I was like, is this going to actually start trending on Twitter? And I will be I will be honest, GP, while it was like I was looking at it and I had the searched uh, thing up in Twitter for Guster like live to see the mentions. And these some of these tweets, I was cracking up to the point. Where I was like, I got to close this because I need to you know focus on the damn game, which I did. But it actually got so big that I was like, this is this is now genuinely that that's a decent this is a decent one. There's there <laughs> if you're watching on YouTube, you can see Shashevsky hunched over, just staring at the other end of the floor, burning a hole in the eyes of his defense at that point. And he got this damn stupid ass Gusterus for lover stickers behind him. But I did, I was like, you know what? I'm actually getting uncomfortable. This is too much attention. This is this is too much. And I was like, I need to probably obstruct this. And then no more than two minutes after I was thinking that. Wonderfully nice woman from the NCAA came over and said, would it be possible? And I was like, I know why you're here. Would it be possible for you? In fact, a couple of people were like, I saw this after the fact. They're like, who's the woman with the red on talking to you right now? You got to take the sticker off. And uh, she, could you take it off? I was like, I was like, yeah. And she's like, listen, it's just it's on television every minute. It was a lot. And I was like, I know it's and I was like. It's because he's sitting right there. I was like, if he only moved his stool two feet to the right, three feet, I'm out of view. I was like, do we want to see if he'll move it? And she's like, I don't know if he's. Oh move God, it. you really offered up the, the, the. Hey, I've got an alternative plan. Why don't you tell the old man to move his stool? No, 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 not not telling him. Wondering after halftime, maybe the stool gets moved and then it's in a different spot after. And she's like, How hey. about I keep my Guster sticker and you tell the old man to move his stool? What what the one thing I didn't check was what was Duke's score? What was the score of this game when the sticker was out? And then when I had to hide the sticker, did did did, did this flip for Duke? Did it flip for Duke? I, I can't speak to I can't speak to that specifically. I just love that <laughs> your counter offer to can you please get the Guster sticker off of TBS was why don't you tell the old man to move his stool? It wasn't laid out like that. You know what I love? I love this. The final night of... Again, this was not by design. The final night of this man's career. And this is one of the endearing and enduring images. Custers for lovers. My man already was going to have a tough time with it. Like, gets his, gets his Cameron indoor career ended by Carolina. Gets his actual career ended by Carolina. And now he's framed up with a Guster sticker for two and a half hours live on TBS. Well, it wasn't for K himself. It was about 40, 45 minutes. And of course, like it was getting it was too much. I was like, this is actually it's like genuinely taking away from the experience of watching this game and trying to like focus. So I was all too happy then to I was going to take it off. But I was like, wait, I got this monitor right here. I can just pluck it right in front. Don't have to take the sticker off of my computer. We're good to go. And um it, it was just it was it was a wild experience. And I and, you know, by the way, shouts to the CBS Sports HQ people who are leaning way into this and our bosses. But uh, yes, at a certain point, I completely get it. You're trying to broadcast the last game of Krzyzewski's career and you're like, who is the doofus behind Coach K with the sticker? So if you're wondering on Monday night, I do not anticipate making this a thing again. Uh, I will be well prepared and not try to make a spectacle. I, like you know, people are people are demanding that I like stick it to the man and 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 pluck it right there again. Again, I think I'll be on Kansas. I'll be behind Kansas. Self was up and active, so it shouldn't be a thing overall. 
but no, I'm not exactly trying to uh to one up the deal on Monday. Saturday was was more than plenty. I've got a couple other things on this, but go ahead, GP. They silenced you. They did not. They did. They I was not silenced. You were I was silenced. not. I was. I will. And it, it was. It was it wild. This is how but, it starts. Uh, first of all, and the, the the amazing thing about all of this is. I, I, I shot my shot on Sunday morning because then this thing got referenced on SportsCenter. And they were they, the Sports Illustrated, USA Today, they we're writing about this. What? Oh, no, I did a Google, I did a Google search for it today. It's USA Today, awful announcing. There's SportsCenter clips. It's wild. They we haven't gotten it. to the leaky black picture, and we will. But because of all in the SportsCenter thing made me clinch it, I... Uh, I tweeted at the the band's account and I said, "Listen, like this is the biggest blast of PR you've gotten in decades. I, I I'm, I'm I might as well be sitting in on a on a gig at some point here in the future." And they well, said, "You don't you know need what? to minimize Guster as a part of the story." What do you mean? You can't tell them this is the this is like the story I heard about Justin Bieber talking to Marilyn Manson before it was um, alleged that Marilyn Manson is a monster who rapes a lot. Um, Justin Bieber apparently ran into Marilyn Manson wherever those two could run into each other at and so uh marilyn manson was uh you know marilyn justin bieber had been photographed recently by the paparazzi wearing a marilyn manson shirt and uh this came up somehow when they met each other marilyn manson was like oh yeah i saw the picture of you in the in the marilyn manson shirt that was cool and justin said yeah i'm i I brought you back made you relevant again and marilyn manson was like yo why don't you shut up (laughs) Okay. Oh, this is nothing like that. The stories you, you have, by the it's way, what, it's what you did to Guster. You just did that to Guster. No, I, no, 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 no. And, and you know what? Guster might even actually say that was the case, though. Um, and so, but yeah, these dudes are going to, they said that I'm going to play a gig with them. How freaking cool is that? I don't know when this going to happen, but, uh, you know, I know I played gigs forever. I can play you 20 Guster songs on guitar right now. And so uh, that, well, that I is, guess we know how the rest of this pod is going to go then. Pull it out, Deadleg. I don't have the guitar with me. Okay. But that's a really, really cool thing. Those guys are the absolute best. If you are unfamiliar, by the way, with Guster, alt-rock pop band formed in Boston in the early 90s. And if you're unfamiliar, if this caused you to go find them and you like them, that's great. They're literally one of my like three or four favorite bands of all time right there with the likes of DMB, The Beatles, Pearl Jam, Guster, you know, those kind of groups. And uh, Lost and Gone Forever, Keep It Together, and Ganging Up on the Sun are the three records I would recommend. Lost and Gone Forever is the one that will really turn you on to them. It's really what you want to hook people into. But they really evolved their sound in the mid-2000s. And uh, I think Ganging Up on the Sun is their best record that came out in 2006. And that's the Guster content for you. I don't anticipate we'll have too, too much more on Monday. Saturday might have even been more than enough. I was here, like... I, uh, people found me that I hadn't heard from in years. It is, it is actually kind of wild. It was, it's just insane. But anyway, that's, that's the deal. Maybe we should think about adding stickers to your laptop, <laughs> leaning into this. Like maybe put a black, maybe put a black lives matter sticker right underneath Guster's for lovers. Let, let's see how yeah, we, that, how, yeah, let's that, see how far, that, how's that going to go for me? Let's see how far we can push. These how's that going to go for me? <laughs> You want Kyle Boone to be the permanent co-host on this podcast? 
what what could you do that would make the incentive like go all right we got to do something <laughs> this guy's gotten completely out of hand oh put put mark emmert is the devil sticker can yeah. you do that can you get like you know the uh the barstool uh uh, with Roger Goodell and the clown nose, get Mark Emmert with a clown nose. Put that sticker on your laptop underneath Guster for lovers. I will at not be. Po- I will not be poking the bear. Dead leg. At some point, as a straight white man, you got to take a stand in this country. Yeah. Right. <laughs> oh man. Oh man. Um. By the way, can I? Uh, you know, I know you covered everything with with Kyle Boone. Um. Everything. And thank you for that. I was up deep into the night, of course, uh, covering Shashevsky. Um, wrote the column on that. I won't go long. I, the game I thought was, you know, it was it was incredible. The only thing that it didn't have was it being decided on the last possession. Caleb loves three. You know, I'm not going to replay the game, but uh, kind of some sights from afterward. You know, it wasn't just on Trevor Keels, but he was it. I didn't expect any player to be waiting for Shashevsky. It wasn't even outside the locker room door, Parrish. It was right out of the public's view as you're going up the ramp in the vomitorium. Keels is waiting for Kay right there, and he's like, he he's borderline bawling. He's more than just simply crying. Like he and it looks like he's been in this emotional state for 30, 45, 60 seconds, maybe longer. And I tweeted out the photo, uh, the video, and then people, you know, Shashevsky briefly interacted with them, and then he kind of tapped him on the shoulder and moved along there. And so then people killed K for that. And I get all that. Um, but that was uh, not all on keels, man. You know, Mark Williams missed a shot. There were multiple players. It was Mark Williams, keels, Bancaro missed a foul. Who was the other one that missed a foul shot? Do you remember? Maybe the chat does three players missed shots down the stretch. Right. So it wasn't all on him. So that was the one thing. And, and the thing that's wild is and I said this on HQ I got, I, never, a, I got an idea. Put a, get a sticker okay. right underneath Guster for Lovers and say, it was Kiel's fault. That's the sticker. Gosh. I never put this detail in a story, but I interviewed, because there was never really an opportunity to do it, but I interviewed Kiel's one-on-one before the Duke Carolina home game, and I talked to like six or seven Duke players, and no player was more effusive in his praise and basically stating like, I'm willing to give every single fiber of my being for this man in like a very like enthusiastic way. It's like, how can I not be like, he was basically talking about how can I not, fe- how, how can I feel pressure? I'm getting to play for Mike Krzyzewski at Duke in his final season. I will do anything for him. I'm willing to give my body. And he except, was, except, it, except make shots. Well, listen, I hope it's clear. I'm joking around. I'm I know. Yeah, no, I let, and I'll lean into, yeah, I'll lean into that. But, uh, so with that as backdrop to see Keels, it was not surprising to see him like that, but man, it, as I was thinking, I was like, I, you know, after having talked to him and sat with him, like I totally got it. And then, you know, Kay wasn't, did you guys talk any last night about like what Kay said at the presser and how he came off and yeah, what he did or I mean, say? It just sort of, you know, I, I, I thought he handled it as well as he could handle it. I mean, at this point, let's be serious for a second. Yeah. Um, anything he does is going to get criticized. Like it, it doesn't matter. Like he, he walked off, uh, walked up to Armando Baycott you know, in the hallway and, you know, mm-hmm. put his hand on his chest and, you know, I don't know what was going on there, but no, he it, just it, approached. I, I shared the photo. He, he yeah. just, he said he, cause oh, here's real quick and then continue. They didn't even want the Carolina players outside the Duke locker room like that. Cause Carolina went first and, you know, it just, you just don't want to have that, you know, not that there anything would have happened, but just if you can separate the parties, you, that's what you do. 
And the throng of media was so large that Baycott just happened to be standing directly opposite of when Kay was coming out. And so he came out and then he just said, hey, I hope hey, I hope you're OK, man. And you were my player of the year. And then that was pretty much it. And he walked off. And I thought it was a nice moment for Kay. Yeah, it, like it, it was. It was designed to be a nice moment. But like he he put his hand on his chest and then like sort of rubbed down and like people focused on that. And like, what is he doing? Rub it on Armando Baker. I'm like, I don't know the guy. He's 75 years old. He was trying to, in, in what has to be maybe not a career low, but a career. Ugh, that's not the way. Did you see this quote by the way that Greg Doyle tweeted? I did um, not Sunday morning. Okay. So Doyle, who of course used to work with us uh, here at CBS sports. Now he's at the Indianapolis star. And he wrote a book on Mike Krzyzewski a long time ago, like 20, 25 years ago. And by his own acknowledgement, he, he says the book is not, it's not a good book. Like you don't want to read it, but he wrote it once upon a time. And it was interesting because there's a quote and I'm paraphrasing here, but it's from Kay. And it's like, listen, we've never played North Carolina, you know, for a national championship. Um, and I hope we never do, you know? Mm. And, and he said, the reason is because, you know, in this place, this place being the triangle, um, it would be unbearable for, for whichever team happened to lose that game. It would be unbearable. And, you know, it, it sort of contradicts everything he had said leading into this thing. Now, people's opinions uh, and people in general change over a span of 20 to 25 years. So I leave open the possibility that his opinion on that has changed. But once upon a time, he acknowledged that just about the worst thing you could imagine for a Duke or North Carolina coach would be losing a national championship game to that rival. And though that is not technically what happened on Saturday night, he lost the final four game to his rival and it happened to end his career. So in this moment where the guy is, you know, this ain't the way keep in mind, Duke was up with 61 seconds to go. This wasn't like you had a lot of time to process Hey, it's four minutes to go. We're down 17. Like this is over. There was really no time to process. It was just abruptly over and you lost. And, you know, then he stood on the court and he shook hands with everybody he could. Um, he And then he's walking back to the locker room and he sees Armando Baycott and he, you know, stops to say what he said and do what he, and like people just want to pick this guy apart no matter what he does. I, I guess my, the, the point I was trying to make was that despite people getting the jokes off and whatever, I thought he handled the whole thing about as well as he could handle it. And though he didn't really reflect too much in the post-game press conference, he did have the one soundbite where he said, you know, I, I'm going to miss being in the arena. Yeah, it was good. But, I've, you know, I've been in the arena a long time. You know, I'll miss it. He acknowledged I'll miss it. Um, but but I did it for a long time. And I know that led, because like we even talked about it on March Madness 360 on CBS Sports Network earlier on Sunday. It led to some people wondering, like, will this guy do a Tom Brady and unretire and come back? And I guess my answer to that question would be, um, you know, you never know. I, 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 I know, I know, I know. But like, I'm only leaving because you do never know. True. But, but but I'd be shocked. I mean, the truth is that I, I don't know if this lines up with what you've been told from all the people you've talked to who are tight with Kay or around the Duke program. He's been ready to not do this for a little while now. And I don't think he only came back to have a retirement tour as much as he came back because he couldn't fathom his career ending in a COVID year where there were no fans inside Cameron. The team missed the NCAA tournament. Oh, by the way, his last game would have been a win in the ACC tournament. And then they get a they, they pop a positive and they can't play their next game. And yeah. that's the end of your career. 
So I, I, I don't think he came back because it was like, um, I have to keep doing this. It was like, I just can't let it in like that. And I've got a good team and I've got a great recruiting class. Let's come back and have a as normal of a season as we can have and take it as far as we can take it. And he did that. The guy went to a Final Four. And I know that that's two wins short of a national championship. But he went to a 13th Final Four. And, I, you know, I, I know he hates that it ended that way. Even if he won't acknowledge yeah. it in real time, he has yeah. to hate mm-hmm. that it ended that way. And he'll carry that with him forever. Like that'll bother him on some level forever, but I don't think he's coming back. Um, in, in fact, I would bet a lot of money. That really was the last time he's ever going to coach. And now John Shire is, is officially the head coach at Duke and uh-huh. Kay will, um, you know, I, I don't know how much of a presence he'll be around Duke visible at the games. I would say the likelihood is that he won't completely disappear the way he could, if he wanted to, but probably won't be as visible as constantly as Roy Williams has been. I agree. And I thought the way that he handled it, it's about what I expected. I wondered if he might get a little bit more emotional. I mean, there's no question. The fact that like, and I know you definitely talked about this, so I'm not going to harp on it, but I just want to at least say like Carolina has the upper hand on Duke forever. That's it. Doesn't matter. As I wrote, Duke can win the next three titles in Shire's first three years. It doesn't matter. You ended K with an L at home and in the final four, the first time you only get one shot at your first time. The first time you ever met, you did that. Caleb love. You are for the ages in UNC in that rivalry in college basketball. It was amazing. K handled it afterward. Like mostly how I thought he would wasn't deep on the retrospectives. As I was told multiple times in recent weeks, it's not K's not disappearing by the way. He will, he will still have a serious XM radio show. He will still be around. He will be a man though. Somewhat ironically, he's the he's the coach that's the the hardest to get to because he's his own brand. And oh, by the way, if you hate, even if you hate him, you will miss him. College college basketball will miss not having this dude. There is no one like him. Calipari's in there, but not the same. Not the same. When he's gone, the sport will be missing something that it's had for the better part of three decades. But the way that he you know, was just um, my time to talk about my career. Like that'll be, that'll be down the road. I got that. And then I happened to do the HQ hit, went back. He had not left the locker room yet. Dan Gavitt, who runs the tournament, was waiting outside uh, for him for who knows how long that was, but that speaks to Gavitt, just stand up dude, one of the best. And then they finally came out. I think it was 1140 local. I was waiting there. I was talking with one of the Doug Tamro, an amazing SID at Arizona State. He always volunteers his services at the Final Four. And uh, we were talking, and I was like, listen, if you can just, you know, if you wind up driving K to the bus, just let me know what you see or whatever. And he's like, well, we got four carts here, so he could go on one of these. And if he goes on one of the other ones, just hop in and we'll follow him. Uh, so from a reporting perspective, that was awesome. I actually, I was the only one who literally followed Mike Krzyzewski out of the arena if you will for the final time he sat on the cart with his wife and you know there were no cameras there it was just the quiet and and kind of the echoes of the stadium and you know they dipped out they got on the bus our friends dane o'neill and pat 40 were the only other two enterprising uh scribes that were waiting just to kind of scene grab as i did there and it is kind of wild how it just you know the the nature of this tournament it just you're done you know the finality of it can be so sudden, even on a Final Four stage. And it looked like once he got on the bus, 
some of the weight of that was like, like there are a couple of big like big breasts that he gave and then got up and spoke to the team but it was uh it definitely is an image i will never forget kind of just we were trailing probably 15 yards behind their golf cart just seeing you know mickey lean into him and just seeing him kind of look around and, and soak in the scene because he's never getting that again you know and i get the jokes you know I like, you know, you, you send him on the and I'm, I'm here for it. I get it. But, you know, it's also the end of a one of a kind career. And it was pretty wild to um, not a sharing the photo I took of Kay on the bus there if you're watching uh, on video right now. But it was, you know, it was it was certainly something. It was the last time it was the what 358th time. I think it was he went, he went out as a as a loser in a game after, you know, 1202 wins. And it was, you know, I thought it just amounted to one of the biggest final four games ever if not the biggest on a national semifinal stage and then and the ratings reflected that by the way huge huge numbers on tbs again tbs not even cbs the entire country you know from a sporting perspective you know cared about this one all right we'll get to the actual national title game next start looking ahead a little bit but first a word from our sponsors selling a little or a lot Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast robert half research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring if you have open roles chances are you're feeling this too that's why you need robert half our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Later, muchachos. <laughs> I thought that was going to be the Guster Amsterdam music video, but whatever. Whatever. So it's going to be Kansas against North Carolina inside the Caesars Superdome. Here in New Orleans, tip schedule for 9.20 p.m. Eastern. You're going to be able to watch it on TBS. Kansas is listed as a four-point favorite. The total is 152. Dead leg. Uh, this could have been, on Monday night, Coach K going for a walk-off national title. But it's not. So relative to that, let's just be honest. It's a little bit of a letdown. Not that Kansas, North Carolina isn't great, but relative to what it could have been, it just, it just isn't that. And, oh, by the way, the secondary ticket market is going to reflect it. I bumped into somebody um, earlier today, um, you know, a college basketball coach, 
And he said he was told he had four seats, like good seats for the for the title game on Monday night. And he was told that if it was North, if it was Duke, Kansas, he could have sold them for seventy five hundred dollars each. The four seats he had. What? Well, I mean, it's his last game no matter what. But that's like, wow. I mean, I, I can't vouch for this other than this is what I was told. And, and, and this is a man that I've known for a long time. I take him at his word. He said he was told um, by, a, you know, a representative of the secondary ticket market that so, if this would have been. Is that the guy outside my hotel that keeps asking me if I got tickets every time I walk out? Is that the, is that the guy? It is. It's that dude. I got tickets. Who needs tickets? I got tickets. Who needs tickets? I got tickets. Who needs tickets? This is dude. Would you ever buy tickets in the year 2022? Um, from somebody no. off the street. I, I, it is, it is fascinating how this, you know, occupation continues to apparently. I don't know if it's thriving, but it's still out there. I got tickets. Who needs tickets? I got tickets. We were. At- I need to. I need to. Who's selling? Who's selling? Who's selling right now? Who's selling? Yeah, I just, I can't imagine. Like, it seems like it would be so easy for you to buy fake tickets. Like, I, there's no scenario where I would buy tickets from somebody. You else. Ever been burned? I got burned once. I got burned once. No, I'd never been burned, but I was worried about getting burned. It burned. It was like 2012, maybe summer of 2012. And my wife and I were in this is going to sound like a ridiculous story, but it's just a true story that popped into my head. We were in Paris, France. And um, and as I already as, know the show, I already as, know the show. As we were flying there, I, I realized I was like, yo. The Watch the Throne Tour is in Paris tonight. Jay-Z and Kanye West. I was like, listen, I can't read this website because it's in French, but it looks like they're actually playing there tonight. So why don't we check in at a hotel, get changed, and we'll just take a train out to the arena. And like, um, if it's happening, awesome. If it's not, well, you know, whatever. We're riding a train in Paris. It'll be fine. We'll figure it out. So we rode out there. Then it's like, okay, this is clearly happening. Where do we get, how do we get tickets? You know, is there such thing as, you know, stuff of Paris didn't didn't appear to be. So we had to just buy them from this guy on the street. And I said, "Listen, man, I, I'm I'm an idiot American. I, I I'm I I'm a trust that you're not ripping me off, but I'm aware that you could. And there's not really much I could do about it. So I said, "Hey, how about this? You give I'm going to stand here with you. You give my wife one of these tickets, and you let her go in. Let her get into the arena." And if she gets in, I'll pay you for both of them and we'll be on our way. And if she can't get in, then I know you was trying to get over on me. And he said, okay, that's cool. Like, I'm not trying to get over on you. I, these are two legitimate tickets. So my wife took one ticket and she went inside. I still with the guy and she called me. She's got in. She's like, okay, I'm inside. And I was like, all right. So that's the last time I ever bought tickets off the street. But I was so scared of getting ripped off that I sent my wife on a mission before I actually handed over my euros. Yeah, but you got in and it worked out well for you. I believe that I believe that the market goes down, no doubt about it. No Duke there. Um, and make the point you're going to make. Oh, yeah, yeah, here, here's the point. So this uh, this person said, um, I was told secondary ticket market. I could have sold these four tickets for seventy five hundred dollars each. He said, now I'm told it's like a thousand fifteen hundred each. Like it dropped that significantly. It's still good, though. Those are, those are good. If it's that, that's still a good set like that that they, those are good seats if it's 1500 still it's a title game but they they aren't in they aren't in the upper no yeah. they're like section one i don't want to give away i don't want to get anybody in trouble uh, you got all the details are, are you selling you selling right now who needs uh, four who needs who needs tickets i got them yeah selling? Uh, who's selling? Yeah, i got tickets, yeah, who needs tickets? Uh, yeah just put it yeah, in the comments right now yeah you, you are four. if you need four i got four 
I got it. No, when like you, one of the, like here's the thing. One of the biggest things going is, for college coaches. These guys are millionaires. They're like scalping tickets. It's outrageous. <laughs> so so uh, coaches because if they're members of the NABC, they get complimentary tickets. Yeah. To the Final Four, and you know what they do with them? They go to the semifinals and they sell the championships. Like the the hardest thing to get into is the semifinals, mm -hmm. and every year the easiest thing to get into was uh it is the championship game because everybody, everybody, yeah. everybody just wants to get out of here that would have been this would have been the exception if it was this would have this would have maybe been the exception um and so this coach was like man i took a hit when those kids couldn't make those free throws man it really cost me <laughs> it's a fair it's a fair angle on this my column that will post late sunday shouts to our Fabulous, diligently hardworking editor Marcus Nelson, who gets the occasional shout out. He might actually even be watching. Marcus, smash the like button if you're watching right now. He said he was going to watch this one. So get in there, Marcus. I think um, my column is it acknowledges that, yes, you know, if Duke had been here, clearly it would have been. But I still think that this title game has the chance to be incredible. And there are still historic stakes around it, GP. I mean, did you realize I I didn't realize this till earlier today. Did you realize this is the fifth time these two teams have met in the final four? I did not realize that, but here's my favorite like little fact connected to this. Mm -hmm. I think you tweeted it. I, I said it out loud earlier today at a production meeting. I was real proud of myself. And somebody's like, Yeah, I saw Norlander tweet that. I didn't see you tweet it, but if you did, then whatever. Uh, this is a national title game between two coaches who both replaced Roy Williams. That's in the column. I, it's the first time that's ever happened. Isn't that wild? That is why we've never had. Well, first of all, yes, it's it's both. Hold on. It's both the first time we've had a title game with two coaches who have replaced, replaced Roy Williams. That's never happened in time, but it's also <laughs> the first time we've had a title game where the two coaches, period, have replaced the same person. And yeah, there is a. How about this? This was the farewell season for Mike Krzyzewski. And yet on Monday night, you know. It's kind of as it's it's an unofficial one year later send off to Roy Williams, Carolina, Kansas. I Roy's think that's kind of cool. All, Roy get all of the FaceTime that Kay got. Oh, yeah. On, on Saturday night, Roy will get it on Monday night. So it seems pretty clear to me. What if Roy, you know, he wears a mask to these games, right? He's always yes. in a mask. Now he'll pull it down. He ain't scared to pull his mask down, but he, you know, he starts the night in a mask. What if he had a mask that said Guster is for lovers? Well, I was just about to say, what if they did a cut to the, 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 the game, like 13, 12 left to go in the first half, and suddenly I'm two rows in front of Roy with the, with the computer? <laughs> You're like sitting in section 128, two rows in front of Roy with Gusters for Lovers on your laptop. Just be it'd too, be a good too story. good. Be, what if, how about this? How about Roy famously in 08, when he was coaching Carolina, attended the Final Four, had the Kansas sticker on the shirt, not not a Kansas sticker this time, but a but a Gusters for lovers right there, right over the heart. If only, um, yeah. These teams have met. I remember five that not going over so well with North Carolina fans, by the way. Like you get your I, brains I think, beat yeah. in. If there are UNC fans in the chat, which there should be, your team's going to play for our friggin' national title as an eight seed on Monday. How on top of the world are you right now? Um, you let us know how that went. I feel like it did not go over well in the moment, but then after, like, particularly, you know, they had already won a title, but I feel like it actually became an endearing thing speaking to uh, to who Roy is over the years. 
you know, people have those, you, know, you know how those people have those signs that say like uh, outside their house, it's like this house is split. And it's like a, it's an Auburn yeah. grad and an Alabama grad that's married or an Ole Miss grad, a Mississippi State grad that's married. What if Roy was had a shirt on that said this body is split and half of it was a Kansas shirt and half of it was a North Carolina shirt. And then on his forehead, he had a Guster sticker. Yeah. You really That'd do paint a picture, don't you, GP? Close your eyes uh, and think about that. I, I I don't even need to close my eyes. It's right here. Ro- the the reel is rolling right now. Uh, these teams have yes, they've met five times in the final four. That's the most ever by by two. Um, no other two teams have ever met more than three times in the final four slash the title game. They met in the in the mid fifties in the only three overtime game ever in final four history. Carolina won that beat Wilt Chamberlain and had an undefeated season considered one of the uh, one of the best games in NCAA tournament history. You want to guess the final score of that triple overtime game, GP, way back yeah. in 1957? I the score. Triple overtime? Triple overtime. 79-74. How about a little 54-53 action and no one scored in the second overtime? <laughs> Thanks a lot, Trevor Keels. You're out of your mind right now. Uh, okay, so... <laughs> jeez. So yes, they've uh, they've met seven times in the tournament. Trivia time. Okay. Trivia time. It's been a minute here. Who are the only two teams that have ever met more frequently in the NCAA tournament, and neither of them are Carolina or Kansas? Trivia time for the for the viewers as well. Try not to check the chat. Kentucky and St. Peter's. Ooh, you are half there, my man. St. Peter's, Peter's and, and yeah, <laughs> Kentucky. It's Kentucky and. UCLA? It is Kentucky. I'm going to see if I'm going to give it 15 more seconds here in the chat, see if someone gets it. It is not Kentucky and UCLA, and it is not Kentucky against a blue blood, although you might figure teams that are top nine, top 10 all time in wins and making the tournament, that might be it. I'm seeing Kentucky, Michigan, Sarah, Duke, Kentucky. It's not that. In fact, the answer is Kentucky against the Marquette Golden Eagles. They have met 10 times by comparison unc and kansas tie for second all time with seven meetings so it's gonna be a long long time before we ever see two teams ever meet more frequently in in the NCAA tournament if ever than kentucky and marquette but yeah kansas and and unc they have they are intertwined it's not just the roy factor we talked about dean smith you know before he was dean smith he played at kansas won a national title larry brown what was he he wasn't dean smith yet that's a good point <laughs> he was still dean smith <laughs> that's actually a fa- i i got nothing for you there you what a lot me. of people don't realize is that dean you smith got me all, oh my god i'm on like three smith. hours this is this is uh, we're wobbling on the tracks right now but <laughs> he, he actually was dean smith before he was yeah, yeah. i just want to i just want to set the record straight i don't want people thinking dean smith used to be you know what i meant and yet you're absolutely right he was Dean Smith the whole time. It's absolutely correct. Uh, Before he was Dean Smith, he was Sean Trevor Combs. Keel. I say Trevor Keels. Uh, Sean, Sean Combs. He, went, he uh, was Sean Combs, and then he was Dean Smith. And, and he was Dick Harp. And then he was Dick Harp, and then he was Diddy. Dick Harp was the coach in the triple overtime game. He coached Will Chamberlain. That, that Kansas lost. Um, 
These teams on this stage, other than that one, Kansas won in 91. Hubert Davis talked earlier on Sunday. Hubert Davis said that he watched that final four loss from 91 when he played. He watched it every single year until he won a title on staff in 2017 when Carolina beat Gonzaga. And he and sports fans will relate to this. He didn't explain exactly why he absolutely had to watch it, but he just needed to watch it because he felt like maybe it would end differently. You know, kind of a, an interesting that's, peek into that's to his weird. I'm just a peek into the psychosis. You've never like, you've never like watched something you've seen before. And like the very tiny part of you is like, maybe this will go different this time. No, dude, if Jacob it, DeGrom it, and Max Scherzer are both hurt. I always, <laughs> things are going to go. I always assume things are going to go exactly as they always go. <laughs> dude, the chat is, you telling me it was Dean Smith the whole time. Yes. <laughs> Yes, in fact, that is the case. Oh, that's a classic. Um, so then Carolina returned it in 93. They won in the, in the final four before they played Michigan title game. They beat Kansas in 93. And then in 08, GP was there. All four one seeds. Kansas beat Carolina in 08 in the national semifinal. So this is the first title game matchup between these two since 57. You've got the Dean factor. You've got the Roy factor. Larry Brown. Played at Carolina for Dean Smith and then coached Kansas to a national championship. A little small, smaller stakes. Brad Frederick, a longtime Carolina assistant. His dad was a very famous former athletic director at Kansas as well. Um, so there's, the, you know, two of the greatest programs ever. There's just a lot that, you know, kind of links them. And with that as backdrop, and the Roy stuff, I think, is just awesome. Uh, with that as backdrop, Kansas here, you know, in the title game for the 10th time. Carolina's here for the 12th time. Carolina's 2-0 in the Superdome. I think Jordan showing up, 40-year anniversary. He Apparently, he wasn't there Saturday. A lot of blood, buzz that he would be, but he I got to figure he's showing up here. I got to figure uh, that's the case, but we'll we'll have to actually wait and see on it. I, I, think there's, I think there's a chance, GP. UNC trying to become the second eight seed to ever win a national title. Bill Self trying to become the first head coach of Kansas to win multiple NCAA tournament championships. I, it's not guaranteed to be really, really, really good. And I know the hype isn't as high as if Duke was there, but my whole point in the column was the history lesson. And then don't think that it can't. New Orleans has got a voodoo to it, man. Title games in New Orleans, they're usually awesome. Maybe we're going to get that again on Monday night. I hope so. Um, I do think it'll be a good game. Um, you know, North Carolina, they keep being called an eight seed because they are. I mean, that's, that's what how but you they ain't Villanova. No. This team, when we get to the offseason and things slow down a little bit, I'm going to teach you how to go to BartTorvik.com and, and select date. No, I'm, gonna, I'm going to. It won't take long. I, I, got, I got so many gadgets on Torvik you don't even know about yet. You're not even ready for that. You, you, got, you know how to do other things besides just pick dates? You don't even know. I don't know. I don't even you know. Don't. You're like a child wandering into a theater. <laughs> I'm, I'm, like the, I'm like that guy that found his first warp zone and i'm bragging about it you are you you know yeah, all the warp zones. There, oh that's a that's a reference i take right there um no north carolina has been one of the best teams in the country for like six weeks <laughs> the idea that yes. this is a plucky eight seed they're not a, they're not they're, no this is a preseason top 20 team with multiple five-star prospects and multiple future nba players and they're really really good they just they're an eight seed because they sucked in november and december and january so they're an eight seed. But for more than six weeks now, they've been one of the best teams in the country. So, you know, you know, facts are facts. If they win, they'll be just the second eight seed ever to win a national championship. 
But the idea that this team has been anything close to an eight seed level team um, for a significant amount of time now, that's just not, that's not reality. Yeah, and Armando Baycott, by the way, said, you'd have to cut my leg off for me not to play in this game. That was the other thing. Like, when that happened, so you were on set. In the, in the what building. Adidas, what if Adidas sent somebody to cut don't, Armando don't Baycott's make it like leg this. off? Don't make it you, like you don't this. think Adidas would do that for Kansas? Oh, God. You think TJ Gasnell has never cut a leg off? Instead of I need some real guys, it's I need some real sauce. Is that what this is now? <laughs> need some, I need some real sauce here. Gosh, it's so grotesque. <laughs> What if Adidas was like, you know what? If we're going down, oh, you th- oh, you think we committed felonies last time? Watch this. <laughs> and they sent somebody to New Orleans to cut off Armando Baker's leg. It'd be wild. That would be a big story. It'd at least admit it would be a big story. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> if, Armando's Baker, if Armando Baker's leg was cut off by an Adidas representative. That might be an emergency podcast situation, I gotta be honest. Not just cut off by a random, but by a, a, an Adidas representative. Exactly. The fact that he's playing is awesome. What I was gonna say was, in the building, it felt like he wasn't coming back. On TV, did you get that sense, or was it, you know, maybe yes, maybe no? Well, like, here's the thing that didn't make sense in the game. Okay, there's five minutes to go, and they're like, oh, let's take it back to the locker room. You don't have time. Either. At that point, listen, I know. I never, and, I never, it takes I, you five minutes to get back to the yeah, locker room. And you got to, and you got to, like, you got to get a cup and pour your drink into a cup. Like, there's a whole lot of things going on. Like, but what if Armando Baycott couldn't get back to the court because he had to pour his drink in an official NCAA cup? It'd be so ridiculous. Who's on less sleep right now? <laughs> I thought it was me. So no, it might be me. So uh, um, I, I'm like, well, listen, I've never been a trainer. I, in fact, I've never been trained either one. I've never been a trainer. But you are, but people, but he is a doctor. But I am a doctor. Um, so I like, I don't know what goes into this stuff. But at, at that point, I'm like, okay, Armando, there's five minutes left in the game. You can either play or you can't. Just let us know. But we ain't walking all the way to the locker room. And by the way, if you can walk all the way to the locker room, how about just walk onto the court and go get a rebound? So I. There was a part of me that was like, it was weird because for a minute he couldn't put any weight on it for like 45 seconds. And the next thing you know, he's skipping around. I don't know what was happening, but it became clear when he was started. He went from not putting any weight on it to like walking around, you know, seemingly mostly comfortably that he was going to come back in the game. But uh, yeah, listen, they might not be able to beat Kansas anyway, but they'd have a really hard time doing it without... Uh, Baycott, especially considering David McCormick is Shaquille O'Neal now. I know, man. How about that? Uh, listen, a couple of notes here on Kansas and what it's done since you brought it up. McCormick, just tremendous. Tremendous. And that's, you know, we'll make our pick in a second here. We also got to talk the leaky black pick. We'll get there. Um, but McC- what McCormick did was, you know, I'm not going to call it phenomenal because Villanova was shorthanded. It was a small team, but like just a huge Huge moment. Talked to self about McCormick on HQ after the win. He said he's had moments like this, but I did ask him if he thought it was his best performance, you know, all things considered. He seemed to allude that it, it really might have been. But between that, Ochai Abaji, I, I, we'll, again, we'll talk. I don't know if I mentioned this HQ or podcast. Everything's blending together. We'll talk about this more, especially with Boone, when we get closer to draft season. I need someone to convince me why Ochai Abaji is in a top 20 NBA pick. I love this dude's Who's shot. Telling, his- hold on. Stop there. Who's telling you he's not? I thought, like, you know, a few weeks back, he was, like, back into the 20s and stuff. Is he, oh, like... I, I think everybody's got him in the top 20. I need someone to tell me why no one's talking about Jabari Smith going in the top five of this NBA draft I, right now. I need somebody to explain why Chet Holmgren's not a lottery pick. 
<laughs> exactly. I haven't checked a mock in a, in a few here. So if he's top 20, then yeah. I thought I, there was buzz on that. Like he wasn't. No, was he's a six five athlete who can shoot. He's a he's a top 20 pick. I agree. And uh, the way that he played on Saturday was awesome. They didn't need a big they didn't need a big performance out of uh, Remy Martin. Jalen Wilson gave him just enough there. Uh, so if you're a Kansas fan, you got to love your spot. You're back in the title game. You're you're just ache. I, I get it. Like if you're a KU fan, you're like, we're it's Carolina, but you know we we've we've rated better the entire season. We've had all these great teams win all these Big Twelve titles. Can we just get this? You know, first world problems on the hoop scene. But like, can we just can we get another damn title, please? Because one of the ironic things is the fact that Kansas it doesn't have as many national titles as UCLA or Duke or Kentucky or Carolina or Indiana NCAA tournament title doesn't have as many. It's got a really good shot here. We'll see if it can wind up pulling it off. I would expect the Baycott McCormick deal to maybe, maybe cancel itself out just a little Baycott's been phenomenal. I'm looking dumber by the hour after I said, uh, with Boone on the podcast, Baycott was not a first team all American this year. I still don't think I, if we had to vote right now, It'd be tough to hold him off. Dude's had 30 double-doubles. He's been I voted amazing. Him a, I voted him when we did our voting last, like this past Monday. I voted him a third team, All-American. He was my first pick on the third team. And so he yeah. ended up on the third team. But, like, he's been he's been amazing. The McCormick-Baycott thing is fabulous. By the way, uh, like, like, let's be, like, McCormick was awesome on Saturday. Baycott's a better player. Yes, for sure. Yeah, For sure, yes. So we'll see how they offset each other. And, man, Caleb Love... Dude, Caleb Love and RJ Davis have, over the course of this season, I think they've grown into one of the most audaciously unafraid, fun combo of guards that I can remember in the past five, six, seven years. They just don't have fear. Doesn't mean the ball's always going in, but both Carolina fans know exactly what I'm talking about. Like it bites them occasionally, but they won't be afraid of the moment whatsoever. Just will not happen. And you combine that with a body shot making. Maybe Remy Martin thinks the moment's going to be coming for him there. Man, I'm I'm really excited for this title game. You know, I get your point on Duke, but I think I think we got a really good shot at a good. And I also think it'll be up and down. Uh, I'll make my score pick in a second. I I think we're going to get a lot of possessions. They're both going to want to run. They both can run. Kansas a little bit deeper than Carolina. We'll see if that becomes a factor or not. But this is a pretty badass title game. We don't often get two blue bloods facing each other in the last game of the season. We get two good teams frequently, but I'm talking. Kentucky, Kansas, Duke, Carolina, UCLA, Villanova, Indiana, Louisville, those types. You get two of those eight. You want to throw in UConn there? Whatever. We won't get into that again. It just doesn't happen that frequently. It's not totally uncommon, but I think there's only been like 10 or 11 instances where we've had two of those schools squaring off in the last game of the season. Does Leaky Black get the Ochai Abaji assignment? He's got to. Now, he's as versatile as anything, so if Abaji's kind of... He's good, not great, and someone else is hot. Like, who knows? Title games can often provide us, you know, unsuspecting heroes in these spots. Then he can switch. And Hubert actually talked about that earlier on Sunday. His availability, just how elite of a defender Leaky Black is. I frankly love the fact that Leaky's getting this moment. You know, we sometimes discuss him. We actually almost never discuss him. I'm I'm always willing to discuss Leaky Black more than we actually ever. Now we do. We get there, but I feel like he's just. He's a cameo at best. We've even saved his portion to the very end, although maybe we've been keeping the, the listeners dangling if by a thread. Like the, like the origin of the leaky black stuff is that 
there was um Kobe White. Yes. Okay. Can you retell that story? You're going to have to retell it. You don't. What's the what? So you're well, at we were North talking Carolina. about the fact that they had Kobe White and Leaky Black, and then we love the name Leaky Black because it sounds like no, okay. No, badass. it starts with Leaky Black, and I'm like, yes. I, I, I pretended Leaky Black was a rapper. I was like, Leaky Black's got yes. a mixtape coming out. Yes. So that was like, oh, like if you heard that somebody named Leaky Black was the hottest new rapper in America coming out of Atlanta, you'd be like, that. Well, that makes sense. I just thought the name was hilarious. It just sounded like a rap name. And then they signed Puff Johnson, and I was like, "Well, Leaky Black and Puff Johnson, <laughs> yeah, are definitely, yeah, 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 are definitely. They definitely got a mixtape coming out." And then there's the story where you were at a North Carolina practice, like maybe mm-hmm. before Champions Classic or CBS Sports. No, it was later in the, later. It was later in the season, but yeah, where you were at a North Carolina practice somewhere, and you're talking to Kobe White, and you're you're asking him about his hair, and at some yeah. point he says to you, "Yeah, Leaky likes to likes play, to with, play it. with it." Leaky likes yeah. to play with it. What? Leaky likes to play with it. He does. Which is, and so then I just decided if he's got a mixtape out and he likes to play with Kobe White's hair, then he deserves to be in the intro with Dodo Birds and Camel Fighting. So it's uh, Camel Fighting, Dodo Birds, and Leaky Black. And then it all comes full circle today. Almost. You Where were you? Here I mean, we go. Honestly, Honestly, where was I? Oh, by the way, tell me if I should get into a f- disagreement with my oh boy. wife. Oh, this is what when I left you two, it was all it was copacetic. Everything's fine. Everything was fine. It's been a great weekend. My wife was Harry Parrish is married to an amazing woman, by the way. Got to see got to see it, her. Again. Isn't she's, she the best? She is absolutely wonderful. Everybody loves her. Um, she like she made all she was like made best friends with everybody. Like, um, like, like yesterday morning so saturday morning she's probably gonna hop on the private jet with nance to go to augusta at this point like so yesterday morning i'm like uh she's like so what are you what are you up to i was like well my call time's at 10 so i've got to be you know down the lobby at 9 30 and uh i'm like what do, what do you got planned she's like yeah i'm going to brunch with uh adam zucker and uh <laughs> amy Thompson, andrew finger i'm like what i, <laughs> I was like right. having, i'm like having a good no like she like adam reached out and was like Hey, if Kelly, you know, because Adam wasn't on yesterday's show, she was like, if Kelly, if Kelly, that's how much everybody likes her. Because we went to dinner on Friday night uh, or Thursday night, one of those nights. And uh, Adam was like, hey, well, if Kelly wants to, if Kelly's bored while you're working, she wants to go with, you know, I'm, I'm, I got a, a reservation. So she went with them. And then last night, she's like, so what are you doing after the game? I was like, well, we got an hour long show. And then I got to come back and podcast with Strongjaw. And she was like, all right, well, I guess I'm, me and Sherry Burris are going out for drinks. <laughs> I was like, okay. So her and Sherry, like, so like her and Sherry are going out, and then uh, Wally Zerbiak's like, so wh- what are y'all guys doing? I was like, I got a podcast. I was like, but but Kelly and Sherry are going out. He's like, cool. I'll go out with them. I don't think he did, yeah. but he was he was yeah, like, that'd be amazing if he did. And Wally and, oh. and, and yeah. So no, Kelly made friends with everybody. She was great. So today, she says, um, because I, I we had a show we had an hour show and then she's like what are you doing after the show and I had one thing I had to do and I went and did that and and then because she got to drive back home today and she said uh well hey there's a little she said how you feeling because I've been sick for a couple of days we're gonna talk uh, about the photo eventually by the way I promise you I promise to I've been sick for a couple of days so she was like how you feeling and I was like you know t- like I I don't feel well like I feel sick um like I'll get through it but I don't feel well I don't feel rested I don't feel I feel achy. I feel like I just don't, I don't feel too well. And she said, well, 
before I leave, if you wanted, there's a little Mexican place right by our hotel. And if you want to get lunch, I haven't eaten yet. If you want to get lunch, then we could get lunch and then, um, and then I'll head back home. And I keep in mind, I'd already told her she, when she asked, what do you got going on? How do you feel? This was my answer. I don't feel well. I'm really tired and I'm really busy. Th that was my answer. I'm, I don't feel well. I'm really tired and I'm really busy. And she's like, well, there's like a little Mexican place right by our hotel. If you just want to grab a quick lunch. And I'm like, how do you tell your wife no to that? Right. So I said, uh, OK, that sounds good. Like, just let me get back to the hotel, change. And then we'll walk, you know, we'll walk next door to the Mexican place. So we start walking down Magazine Street. And we're walking. And we're still walking. And we've been walking about 12 minutes. And I said, uh, Kelly, where is this place? And she's like, oh, it's just a little ways up here. And I was like, well, what is it called? And she told me what it was called, like Juan's Flying Burrito. And so I hit map the maps on the app on this thing. It is a 30-minute walk <laughs> from our hotel. 30-minute walk. Everything's a 30-minute walk from your hotel. I said, well, how did you think this was right next to our hotel? It's a 30-minute walk. And she was like, well, I don't know. I just... We walked it. I remember seeing it yesterday while we were walking. And so I just sort of, you know, remembered it. And I guess I didn't realize how far it was because we were walking and talking and having a good time. She was with Zook. She was with Zook and the crew. And I was like, uh, I said, like, this is outrageous. I said, I, I, I said, how could you tell me that? Tell me it's right by our hotel when it's 30 minute, a 30 minute walk. I said, imagine if I told you after you got, hey, uh, we're going to go to dinner right after you leave the store. Um, little place right by our house. And then I got in the car with you and drove 30 minutes. That's not right by our house. What are we doing? This Should is I... why you couldn't be in the leaky black photo. Yes, I, I, was on a, I was on a journey across the country. I was trekking across New Orleans with my wife. Trying to be a good husband. And I was just walking forever. I was not going to be giving away my shot. Okay? UNC won. Player breakouts were there, which means players go and they sit at a little table and, you you know, it's it's not like the big press conferences. So you get a little, you know, not one-on-ones, but you're there with, you know, anywhere from three to five to seven to ten reporters in a room. And it's just, it's a good opportunity. So I said, oh, I know what's going on right here. This is going down. So uh, I wait for the end of the availability. He walks off the dais and I went right up to uh, some, uh, for uh, Angie Witchery, I believe is the reporter. Before I did, he goes, is this the moment it's about to happen? I said, it's about, it's about to happen right here. And I retweeted, he got a photo of me and Leaky talking as we were walking. I was like, Leaky, Matt Norlander with the eye on call. First of all, I've never introduced myself like this ever before in my life. And I don't think I ever will again. I said, Leaky, Matt Norlander with the eye on college basketball podcast. You may or may not have heard. We mention you in every single episode. Gary Parrish, my coworker does this. And he's, and then he goes, he's like, oh, dude. And he was wonderful. He's like, I can't tell you how many people have come up to me this weekend and told me about this podcast. He's like, you're on that podcast. I was like, yeah, I'm on the podcast. And then the guy who, uh, you know, who hosts, who starts the show, he's the one who mentioned it, Gary Paris. He's not here right now. I really wish he was because we want to get a, uh, we wanted to get a group picture. I, I was said, getting you my you steps in. I was getting my steps in. I said, you don't realize how much this is going to mean to a lot of people for us to get a photo. I was like, do you want to get a photo? He's like, yeah. He's like, he's like, seriously, man, I can't tell you how many people have, have found me, told me. I was like, I, he was saying like this weekend, but also like it had been a thing. He's like, how long have you been doing that? I was like, it's been years. 
It's been years <laughs> since you played with it. And so uh, he actually had to run to do interviews with with Turner. So we got a quick photo and it's right there. And I'm 6'3". You can see Leakey's like, a, he's a solid 6'8", 6'9". This is why he is such a great defender. Dude is long, lean, athletic. He was wonderful. It was probably, I don't know, we probably talked for a minute and a half, but he was great. And I'm I'm thrilled that we actually got this done. And uh, I said, you know, maybe in time, we don't do a lot of guests, but you are the exception, my man. And he was he was freaking fantastic. So I was uh, all too happy, all too thrilled to get this picture with the great Leaky Black. And as far as I'm concerned, he gets the treatment that Terry Teagle botched. Because I was kind of wondering, like, eh, when his college career is done, do we, do we, you know, do we make room for someone else? Nah, man. No. Leaky Black is a permanent fixture. There's no permanent. Question. There's no question. Terry Teagle, he messed it up. He messed it up big time. He doesn't even know. He also does not care. Yeah, but he clearly doesn't care. That's fine. But also doesn't know. But also doesn't care. I, I felt I was jealous. What do they call it? FOMO? I had it. You were with Leaky Black. And I was walking four miles <laughs> for a quesadilla. It's just a ridiculous story. <sighs> right by our it hotel. Been, it, it was wonderful to do it. Man, it would have been so much better if you were there. Just so I could much have been better. there. I was trying to be a good husband. I know. I know. Trying I know. to be a good husband. We got to pick this game and get the hell out of here. Remember when we were like uh, 30 minutes, we get out here. Oh, we definitely, we, we convened because I had to get over to the stadium. I said, and uh, why do we do this every single time? Yeah. You know what, GP? Like if we want to make this 30 minutes tonight, I'm totally good with it. We're over an hour. There's one game to talk about. Yeah, but we had a Guster sticker to talk about, and and then I had to, then we had to watch the Throne concert to talk about, and then, um, <laughs> we had to talk about Adidas cutting off Armando Bacat's leg. <laughs> we had to talk about that. That's not even in my notes. That just sort of happened. That's not even something I planned that's, for. That's the show. Who are you picking? Kansas. Score. Explanation. Are you going to get it or do you want me? I'm not going to explain why you're picking Kansas. You have to do that. That's what we should do. We should explain why. Why, why <laughs> You have to explain why I'm picking a Kansas and I have to explain why you're yeah. picking whoever you're picking. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think, you know, and maybe this is nothing. Maybe maybe you look up on Monday night and you go, yeah, it was nothing. But, man, didn't it feel like North Carolina won its national championship on Saturday night? I said this very thing. It feels like North Carolina has to win two national titles this weekend. Yes. Right. Now, there is... um you know, examples of a team having this massive semifinal win and then and then winning the next one as well. And I'm not ruling out the possibility of that. But Kansas sort of coasted into this thing. I mean, they jumped on Villanova 10 nothing, and they were never not in control of that game. And North Carolina had to, you know, North Carolina come back. They were down, they were down with 61 seconds left. Then they end Coach K's career. Like it's an all-time great moment, a forever moment. Hmm. And like, can you really then come back two nights later? and upset another team upset another blue blood yes the answer is yes they can do it but i don't su suspect that they will i'll go kansas 76 north carolina 70 uh who's final four mop who's the mop you gotta take into account the semis too uh ochai abaji abaji okay 
I think the winner gets to 80. I think Carolina plays really well. I don't want, I you know I picked Carolina to be, it's not like I faded Carolina. I, I picked them to be, I picked Carolina to be UCLA. I picked them to lose to St. Peter's. I'm aware uh, that that happened. And I think they have a wonderful shot to do this here. I mean, it'd just be an incredible deal. Um, yeah, I also think, you know, this is Hubert Davis's first season. They're on the eight line. What? Like, hold up. Hold up. This is what? Yeah, that's right. This is Hubert Davis's first season. That's right. What the people? The people that listen have known this. What the point the? I'm making here is like, yeah, of course it means a ton. There's a title at stake. There's plenty, but what you just did to Duke, you know, there's no guarantee you ever get back here with Hubert Davis. Good, very well. You're North, you're North Carolina, man. You're in this title game. You're in this spot frequently, twelve times in your history, but. It's not like you're the favorite in the game. It's not like you were expected to get here. So there's, again, it is more of a house money situation. Maybe that benefits. I, I asked Baycott that today. I asked RJ Davis that as well. And I think there will be an element of that. Um, UNC has made a habit of just taking people's expectations, just slamming it on the floor, throwing it, you know, bashing it to pieces. It's been awesome. This team has been so fantastic to see evolve over the course of this tournament. And I think that Caleb Love will play well. And I expect I expect Brady Manick to have a, a pretty good game. I think he'll have a better game than he had. I, you know what? He actually had a pretty good game defensively. I tweeted about that. He was better defensively than I think anyone thought he had any business being. And I thought that wound up being a, a factor as well. He had 14 against Duke. I say Brady Manick gets more than 14 in this one. I think he'll be good. But I'm going to take Kansas to win. I took him to cover on the site, so I'll take him to cover here. And give me KU. Uh, give me KU 83, UNC 77. And uh, something tells me a Baji. If, if, if our guy Leaky's on a Baji, I feel like he's not going to have enough game over game. The, it'll come from the winning team. Baycott, McCormick offsetting. This is actually kind of. Hard. It's like if Carolina wins, you can say, oh, it's easily. You could see how it would be a Manic or a Caleb Love. But based off of what happened in the 81-65 win, I mean, it was a bodge. It was really, it's got to be one of those two. Uh, all right. I'll go with McCormick. I'll say McCormick gets enough from, you know. Wouldn't, they wouldn't that be something? If he won it? He's been the most frustrating Kansas player for like a million straight years. What if he was most outstanding player or built himself second? National title. It would be some, that's why I love the Final Four and love the title game. Again, you sometimes get those kind of stories. I'll say McCormick. He was dude. He was he was outrageously good against Nova. I, he's not going to be as good. I think he'll be enough. And I'm I'm saying this because I think Abaji will be fine. But if Leaky's on Abaji, uh, I, I can just see a situation where if Kansas needs to win, it's got to be because everyone else helping around him. Jalen Wilson's got to play well again. Christian Brown went for ten. Can he step up? Dwan Harris has had some nice moments, obviously, and then. Remy Martin only had three on Saturday. That'll be an interesting one to uh, to see how he plays and what they how they utilize him in this spot. Kansas Carolina national title game. I think it's pretty damn awesome. I will take Kansas to win and to somewhat narrowly cover. Um, but I think there's a lot of options on the table here. If you told me Kansas shows up and wins this game, eighty two sixty four, and we're looking back and we're like, yeah, UNC was just gassed after everything with with Duke. 
I kind of get it. If you, frankly, if you tell me Carolina shows up screaming into this title game and beats Kansas by nine or 10 points because Manic goes off, Abaji is shut down, McCormick kind of, you know, regresses to the mean a bit. I could see that as well. I think there's a lot of options on the table. I think Jordan will be in the building, and I think I will not be sitting near Roy Williams. That's disappointing. Shouts to Devin Downey. Shouts to Chester, South Carolina. Shouts to Ryan Warhurst, legend. Scored four points in four games for the Baylor Bears in the 1995-96 season. One point per game. Shouts to Larnell. Thank you guys once again for listening to the Allen College Basketball Podcast. Middle of the dumbest pandemic of my lifetime. If you're not subscribed, please go subscribe anywhere you subscribe to podcasts, including Apple Podcasts and Spotify. If you're at Apple, please leave a nice review. Type some words. There's more of us than there are of them. You know that. We all know that. It needs to be reflected in the Apple Podcast reviews. If you're not subscribed to the YouTube channel yet, please knock that out. Like, please. I'm tired of asking, honestly. Three times a week for... I mean, you don't have to keep doing this. I thought I did. Trust me. No, you, me you can go. We can take a little break. We hit 6K for the title game. We're good. Thinking about maybe stopping then. Okay. Smash the like button like you know who. And we will talk to you again. Oh, let's update the folks. It's going to be me and Deadleg after the title game. GP and I will be talking at some point. It will be late because they got to do all the you know media stuff, HQ stuff. But we will be podcasting deep into the night. Call it early Tuesday morning live on YouTube or it will be waiting for you when you wake up on Tuesday. It will be me and Parrish. We will recap the national championship game no matter how it goes. Yeah, so how it goes. Uh, game's going to end. Shortly after that, we're going to start about an hour show on CBS Sports Network. So tune over there. Uh, media, game's over. Five minutes after the game, probably. We're going to be live on CBS Sports Network for an hour. And then I will walk a distance about, I don't know, three miles shorter than my walk to lunch today. And I'll settle back here. And then Deadleg will join me. And maybe we'll do 30 minutes. More likely it'll be an hour and a half. <laughs> never know. Can never tell. Until then, take care. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.